Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. Before we get started today, I just wanted to quickly mention that the Beauty Biz Success 60-Day Challenge is open for enrollment. This is my premier success-building program, and I'm really excited to offer this to you. All you have to do to find out how to join me in the challenge is visit beautybiz60.com, beautybiz60.com. I'm really excited today to introduce you to somebody who has helped me out over the years, helped me out a lot with my business. And his name is Richard Morris. He is a trademark attorney. And I just thought it would be a good topic and really important to bring some awareness to this in the beauty industry. So today we're going to chat about what a trademark is, who needs a trademark, what the difference is between copyrights, patents, and trademarks, and all the details surrounding this important topic of how you should be protecting your business. So stay tuned, enjoy the show, and thanks for being here today. Hello, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I'm a licensed esthetician, spa owner, industry consultant, speaker, and journalist, and the founder of the Beauty Biz Club, which is the only professional success-based society designed to dramatically up your bookings, increase your profits, and provide you with industry-specific resources that are needed to succeed. If you'd like to know more about how you can become a member of the Beauty Biz Club, please visit beautybizclub.com. Now I invite you to join me as I feature inspirational messages from industry gurus and practical tips to tap into your best success. Stay tuned for some serious beauty biz entertainment. Hello everybody and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host Lori Cree and today I have a friend, a business associate, and an important guest that's going to help us with our business. My guest today is Richard Morris. How are you, Richard? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you. And I'll tell everybody that you are the, I guess it's fair to say, the founder and the business owner of 1-800-4-TRADEMARK. I love that you put your business name and your contact information all bundled into one, <laughs> one line. It makes it easy. Easy to remember. My listeners always want to know where I am speaking to my guests. So you're in Florida. I'm in Miami Beach, Florida. That's right. I'm, I uh, practice law here in Florida. Okay. And how'd you find your way? Because you are from Pennsylvania. Well, I was originally from the South, Tennessee and Virginia, and did law school in Pennsylvania. And then I made my way down to Miami Beach in 93. And I've been here ever since. Now, I know last time I spoke with you, you were out on a sailboat. Did you find your way to Miami because you're a hardcore sailing kind of guy? I'm a boater for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I really enjoy it. That's my, my, my number one hobby. Well, you're in the perfect spot then. Yeah. It's very nice. So especially weather wise, you can do it year round. Yeah. I like Miami. It's a little bit of a wild city. Well, not if you're local. The <laughs> tourists all go wild, but the locals know where to go to, to avoid all that for sure. I used to go there when I was a young, crazy flight attendant and I could always find trouble in Miami beach. <laughs> And I stand corrected. Yes. Very trouble. A lot of trouble. <laughs> well, I guess, <laughs> you know, I was thinking before we hopped on the podcast today, I think I found you back in 2010. I randomly picked up the phone. You were a referral from my business mentor, my friend, Allie Brown. 
Yes, Allie was just here, I think, six months ago with her family. Yeah. So, Allie's been referring me people for years. She's wonderful. She is. She's sent me up with some great people. And and we just spoke, just for you guys listening in, I just had to call Richard last week because he's done all of my trademarks. And I did not know somebody used my trademark. And we don't have to get into the details surrounding that. But... <laughs> Great guy for advice. Great guy to help you out if you're looking for a trademark. So I guess probably where we should start is, you know, and then we'll segue into why and how you have to protect yourself if somebody uses your trademark. But what exactly is a trademark? Well, a trademark is uh, protection you can secure. You can register a trademark, both here in the United States or internationally, on really four main areas, the business name, a product name, a logo, or a slogan. Typically, those are the four things that get trademarked. And once they're registered, you own them just like Coca-Cola owns their name. No one else can use them. So is it wise to trademark every product name that you have, every business name that you... It's just a protection so nobody can copy you. Is that kind of the general idea of a trademark? That's right. It's very wise. But not all your business names and product names could probably be trademarked. For example, if you come up with a name that's very descriptive, you know, like... uh, I don't know, after sun lotion, something like that may not be trademarkable because it is lotion. It's for use after sun. It's a very descriptive name. Uh, so typically you would not be able to trademark such a descriptive name. But if you have an original name, you know, like Bob's after sun lotion, you could trademark that because Bob is not a descriptive term. So if a company has 10 or 15 names, typically half of them might warrant some trademark protection and the other half really may be in the, in the common domain, the public domain, if you will, that using a lot of generic or descriptive terms that everyone's allowed to use. But typically you pick one good name, trademark that first, uh, and then you center your trademark portfolio around that name. And so who is it that needs a trademark? Anyone who's in business, in commerce. Okay. I like to tell people, you know, I'm a lawyer. I send a lot of faxes, right? <laughs> but I'm not in the fax business, so I'm not going to trademark for that. I would trademark for legal services. You know, you have a podcast. It has a name. You'd want to maybe trademark for that. You want to make sure that nobody else uh, uses the same or a similar name for a podcast. Uh, Or if you're selling shampoo or lotions or conditioners or vitamin supplements, you want to make sure that once your name is famous, like Gensana, that no one else is going to come out with a similar name and, and start siphoning away some portion of your business or worse, hiring a lawyer and telling you, you have to stop using the name. And that's really the key to trademarking. Okay. So somebody can actually take your business name away. Well, if you, let's say you're doing business right now and you don't have a trademark, someone else could then go out. Maybe they know of you. Maybe they don't. They would file a trademark application for the same name, get it registered, start doing business. And then eventually it becomes a problem. Eventually so, they realize, oh, you're this other person, the person with the registration would typically end up with the trademark. So yes, you, there's a risk that someone could steal your business name or product name. So you get the trademark name and then it falls into a specific category. That's how you have to register it, so to speak. That's right. You'd register it for something very specific, a product, for example. And then you're only protected for that specific product and maybe something that's highly related. So if I trademark for shirts, I would really be protected for just about all types of shirts and maybe even all clothing together. You do get some residual protection, but 
a trademark on a clothing brand, for example, is not going to protect you for vitamin supplements or pizza delivery or space travel or anything else. You're just limited to the four corners of the application, to the description of the identification of your goods. So it's very limited. So you, what, there can be Bob's Plumbing and Bob's Pizza right across the street from each other, and they can coexist with the same name because they do something entirely different. That makes sense. So if, if somebody calls you and, and they say, okay, Richard, help me out. I have this great idea. I have this wonderful name. Let's talk about what the process is and what the cost is. So people have an idea of what they're getting themselves into when they're looking to trademark something. Well, the first step typically is the search. If you call me up and say, I have a new vitamin supplement and I've named it, you know, Bob's Vitamins or Ginsana or whatever you come up with, you even do a search on that name in that field to make sure that it's available. And many times it's not, and I'm not going to say most of the time, but many times we have troubles or I can bring something to your attention and say, well, here's a company. They might spell it a little differently and the product may not be exactly the same or, or have the same purpose, but it's still close. For example, people may trademark for a vitamin for skincare and someone else may trademark for a vitamin or a nutritional supplement for, I don't know, maybe say for, for ocular degeneration or for your eyes or, or something other than skincare. It's still vitamins. It's still closely related. So if the names are closely related or spelled, you know, within a letter or two, you're still going to have a problem. So you, we, we did a search and we come up with those sorts of, uh, I, I typically come up with a list of names and I go through and tell them, you know, what's this percentage chance this is going to ca- cause you a problem? And of course, that's a gray area. You could never really know. If anyone tells you, I'm going to give you a trademark search, it's going to be 100% accurate and we're going to be able to predict the future. It's not going to happen. But a trademark search is a very good tool to find stuff that's an obvious problem. Let's talk about something too, because I know people who have tried to do the trademark search on their own. It's just one of those things where it's wise to find somebody like you to do the search for them, right? It is. You know, there's some basic searches that you guys could do on your own that most of my clients already do on their own, just to make sure they're not wasting my time. (laughs) You know, I have clients that do this every week, every month. They have lots of trademarks. so They kind of get an idea of how to do it. And they'll call me up and say, I found three to look clean. And then I'll double check the work. But typically, if you've never done a trademark search before, use a professional. There's lots of professionals out there. You know, you obviously don't have to call me. They're law firms. You can go straight to the trademark office, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. They have a free search utility. It's a little tricky to use. So don't 100% rely on your first result. But um certainly do a trademark search. I can't tell you how many clients have called me. We've done a trademark and it's gotten refused and a simple trademark search would have found the problem before we ever file. Okay. So let's back up a little bit. And you know, I've never worked with anyone other than you because when I get a good referral and then I use the person and I get great customer service, I'm loyal. So I only know what you do. So I, what I like about you is you seem to be an advisor as well. So you'll sit on the phone with me and say, ah, Lori, I don't know if this is a good idea, or maybe we should look at it this way, or have you thought about this, or these are the changes you need to make to your website first. But let's go back. Now, do you charge for just the search alone? Is that is that like the, a part of a service that's charged for? It is. You know, the, the search is optional. You know, a lot of people do their own searches, especially if they've done them these, these before. So the search is optional. It's not, it's not a requirement that you pay a lawyer or pay me to do the search, but for a hundred dollars, I mean, you're really not missing out on that. Right. It's good to have a professional double check your work uh, or to do the search for you in the first place. And you, we do, 
four or five names for the same hundred bucks. So you're getting a good value there. And typically, if you give me five names, if you say, look, I have a, a face lotion line and here's five names I'm considering, typically two of them are going to be a problem. One is going to be iffy and the other two look good. So it's a good way to limit your list. But the searches are optional. I'll be I've always had you do a search. I feel like it just saves both of us time and energy. I'll do it myself on their website, but then I bring it to you to dive a little deeper. It's critical. And a lot of times I'll have clients say, I'm not paying for a search. I've done my own Google searches and stuff, and we don't need it. And I'll do it anyway. Find a problem because I'm a good guy. I'll say, look, here's your problem. I found it anyway. I'm not going to charge you, but you, you cannot file this trademark. I try to keep people out of trouble because it's only going to be six, seven months from now. They find out that the trademark has been refused. Now we've got to start all over from the top. And it uh, can be very frustrating for people. Before we talk about starting over from the top, no, so you do the search and then you find out, okay, it looks like this is good to go. Then what is the next step in the process so people listening and know what to expect? Well, the next step is just to file the trademark application. You can either file it at the state level if you live in a particular state, or you can file it nationally, which will cover you in all 50 states. You know, if you're cutting hair for a living in Miami Beach, there's not a lot of people coming across state lines to get a haircut, right? And you have to be in interstate commerce in order to file federally. And what that means is you have to be providing services across state lines. So if you have a client out there somewhere in your podcast that uh, is a very localized business, they're mowing lawns in one small town, I think a federal national trademark might be overkill for them. And they should probably just register their business at the local or state level. But if you have someone that's selling products across state lines, which the vast majority of the population, the business population is doing business online, so they're automatically doing business across state lines, they need a federal trademark. And that's what I do. I do the federal. Okay. What is the cost per trademark generally if somebody wants to file one? Generally $675. Okay. That's what I charge. Now, if you go to a big firm that charges you hourly, it could be significantly more, but I'm the kind of the low-cost, fixed-fee McDonald's of trademarks, if you will. I do them quick and easy and fast to get them out the door. Yeah, and this is your niche. Yeah, exactly. It's all I do. I always wanted to ask you this, but I never have taken the time to do so when we've been chatting. Once I fill out the application, where does it go? I picture just a room full of people that have to look at trademark names all day long. Well, when you fill out my application... On my website, it just gets emailed to me as information. So I get your name and address and so forth. And then we talk on the phone. I go through everything. I'm the one that actually then drafts the application and submits it to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. And we, we can now, I mean, back in the old days, I would have to print it out and mail it to you for your signature and enclose a check. But that was 25 years ago. Now, very simply, we can file online and pay by a credit card. So it can be done within the hour. It's very quick and easy now, much, much easier than it used to be. And you send it off to the trademark office to review. Right. I get the information and then I file it for you at the trademark office. That way we know it's done correctly and we get the serial number and your protection starts from the day it's filed. So if you call me right now and want to do a trademark and we can squeeze it out before five o'clock, your protection is going to start today at five o'clock. And then I want to talk about something else that I'm a little embarrassed about. We don't have to go into details here, but I've had a trademark that I just keep extending and spending way too much money on because I haven't brought it to commerce yet, so to speak. So maybe people need to know about that. If you're going to trademark something, you actually have to be doing an exchange of money for it, right? For it to be... Well, you have to be in commerce 
or in use, but you don't necessarily have to be doing money. There's a lot of nonprofits and charities that are run out there and churches and so forth. They're not technically selling anything. So uh, the money, the data for sale, if you will, is, is what we're looking for. So, for example, if you sell vitamins or I mean, think of the autom- automobile manufacturing company, they're going to come to me. We're going to file their trademark, but it could be five years on a new vehicle design and brand before that thing comes rolling off the, the line and actually hits dealerships. So for a company like that, it's important to file two or three or four names early and get them pending. And then you can take your time to get the business up and rolling, the product on the market for sale. Then you can finalize the trademark later once you're in business, meaning once you have actual sales. Well, that makes me feel better. I still have some time left (laughs) to get my idea to the market. You do, but even if it runs out, we can refile it. Okay. Which I think we have three times now. Well, we've extended it three times. But okay. I mean, after three years, it's going to cancel if you're not using it. Okay. And so at that point, you just refile a new application and hopefully no one else has filed it in the meantime. Well, I want to talk a little bit too, like this has given our audience a good idea of who needs a trademark, what they need to do, what it costs. But I didn't know until somebody used mine not so long ago that if you don't enforce it, you lose it. Can you talk about that for people who have an existing trademark and maybe see somebody else popping up on the internet and using it. Well, that's uh, that's an interesting topic. And that ha- that's, that's the meat of what I do is people call me up. Typically, they wait to file a trade. You know, nobody wants to spend you know, $675 on something that they think they don't need until a third party is infringing their mark. And then they call me all upset. Can you believe the nerve of this guy? Well, you should have trademarked it earlier. But what if you are trademarked and somebody starts using it? That's a whole other problem. You want, if you are trademarked, that's what's happened. You got to get it me. through the registration. Okay. You have multiple trademarks. Are we talking about the one that's pending that we keep extending? No, no, no. Now we're talking about, no, no, no. We're talking about the, the one that's registered. Okay. Well, then let's go. Let's start from there. Once a trademark is registered, you have the registration number. The registration certificate comes in the in the mail. It's got a gold seal on it. It's yours. Now it's your job. It's not the trademark office's job. It's your job over the next period of time, however long you're in business, to enforce it. So if someone else is using it, you have to send them a letter, cease and desist letter. Say, hey, you may not be aware I have a registered mark. You're infringing my mark. Please stop. Please cease and desist. Typically, more than half the time, people will say, oh, my goodness, I didn't realize, and they'll stop. They don't want to get sued. But sometimes people have been using it for a very long time. And that's where you, the, the, the litigation comes in. So you actually have to go to court over it? Sometimes. I mean, we had a company up in the New York City area in Connecticut, just, in the, just within 100 miles of New York, that had been selling replacement windows under a certain name for 50 years. Another company started using that name on the West Coast. They used it for 25 years. Eventually, one of them filed the trademark application, and the other one had to sue. So they ended up in litigation. And what they did, they just split the country up geographically and essentially split up the trademark. I actually did the trademark for Taco Tuesday. I'm sure you've heard you go to a restaurant, it's Taco Tuesday. Yeah. That trademark has been split up twice. One guy owns 49 states and another guy owns New Jersey. They just happened to both be using it for a long period of time. They both filed it and they had to litigate it. So that happens. It's rare, but it happens. So then yesterday we were talking a little bit about, you said a majority of your trademarks are in the beauty industry, right? Well, there's, I think what you asked me was, what's the most common trademarks that you do? Clothing is very common. There's lots of t-shirt companies out there. 
It's crazy. Everybody wants to sell a T-shirt. There's lots of vitamins and nutritional supplements, nutraceuticals and those sorts of things. E-cigarettes in the last few years have really blown up. It seems like I'm doing one of those every week. And uh, then in the last maybe four months, I've probably done 15 trademarks for new cryptocurrency names. Everybody and their brother wants to own a new, the new Bitcoin, you know. So it kind of comes in waves, different types of the of, of, uh, uh, different, I guess I should say different times over the last 20 years. You've had different waves of different popular businesses that come through. Trending stuff. But I would say clothing and nutraceuticals, vitamins and minerals, those are the top ones that I would say over the last 20 years to the stable, you know, it's a stable business that's always coming through. There's just lots of that type of business. Now, am I allowed to ask you your most famous trademark ever? I love to talk about that one. Okay. <laughs> It's yours. No. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. But <laughs> I knew a guy named Blake Mykoski. He started and failed with like three different businesses. And then one day he calls me and says, I'm in Venezuela. I found these little shoes, these little slip on canvas shoes. They're so cool. I'm going to start a business and I want to name it Tom's. And I'm going to sell one. And for every one I sell, we're going to give another one away. And I was shaking my head saying, oh, my gosh. Poor Blake, another failed business. Well, he, you've obviously heard of Tom's Shoes. Of course, and I love their whole philosophy and mission. It's awesome, right? Well, he sold half of that company to uh, Bain Capital. Remember, what's his name? Ran for president uh, out in Utah. He, he's a partner in Bain Capital. He bought half the business, and then they added sunglasses and all this. And then I think just last year, Blake sold the other half. He sold out. I think he sold the other half for like a hundred million dollars and uh, he's no longer part of Tom's. Apparently I think, I think he goes around and still gives the shoes out, but he's no longer, you know, the controlling shareholder. Multi-millionaire and retired. I should have taken my legal fee and stock because they really did well. Oh my goodness. That's a perfect example of a passion project turned into massive profits. I love it. That, that is the perfect example because that's a passion. I mean, he's, he didn't go to Harvard or anything. He was just passionate about shoes, passionate about giving them away. He flew all over the world giving shoes away, loved doing it. And next thing you know, he's in an Amex commercial and got all kinds of notoriety. And before long, boom, he, he was huge. He's in every store in Miami Beach. You walk around the beach community here, everyone's wearing them. He's in every store out here in the desert too, from, you know, kind of just mom and pop stores to these high-end boutiques. So I love stories like that. And I didn't know you were a part of it. That's really cool. That makes you super cool. I love it. <laughs> what was great, I knew him when he was just some hippie backpacking, you know, and then next thing you know, he called me to trademark it. And thank God I didn't give you my honest opinion about the name or the product because uh, he really did. He really did become a big success. He's been on the front of Fortune and Fast Company, and it's quite quite a big deal. So I was happy to be part of that one. Now, obviously, out of the six or seven thousand trademarks I filed in the last fifteen to twenty years, his is the biggest financial success, probably. And I'm sure there's a thousand others that were a complete failure. But you take what you know. You take what comes in the door. It's business, right? It's business. It's business. And now he's apparently out of business. He's not even in that business anymore. It doesn't need to be. He's probably out doing good things in the world and enjoying his life. He is. He started a nonprofit and he's given his money away. So good for him. Awesome. Well, 
we've chatted it up a little bit here. And before I let you get back to your Miami life, I know your day is winding down. It's later in the day. I want to just ask you one more question that I know our listeners are interested in hearing the answer to. And that is, what is the difference between copyrights, patents, and trademarks? That's an important question because I have people call me every day saying, I want to patent my business name or I want to copyright my patent. People tend to use the words interchangeably and they're really very different. Uh, a trademark, as we discussed, is business name, product name, logo, slogan. Uh, a copyright is really the protection of, of, of art or literary work, a book or a movie. It's the content. So if you make a movie, it's two hours long, you know, Rocky Four. You copyright the content of that movie and you protect it. Now, the name Rocky may be the trademark. And obviously, there's nothing to patent with respect to the movie. You would patent a mousetrap or a new blender or even a DNA sequence, a chemical formula, those sorts of things you would patent. Now, patents are extremely expensive. You know, they're fifteen to 20000 minimum and take years of prosecution to get pushed through. And they're usually very complicated. Trademark, a couple hours worth of work, you're just protecting the name. I say just protecting as if it's no big deal, but I mean, trademark can be equally as important as a patent. It's just a lot easier to secure. Well, I want to thank you so much for enlightening us on what I think is a very important topic. A lot of my listeners are small business owners, and this is information. It's just hard to come by on the internet. You get a lot of distractions when you're trying to look this stuff up. So thank you for your time. If somebody wants to find you, can you just give a shout out to your website address? Well, you've got the 800 number already, 804 trademark. But feel free to send me an email. I don't charge anything to answer emails and give all the information you need and find out if you actually need a trademark. I have a lot of clients who call me and spend half hour with me, and I realize they don't even have anything they can trademark. You know, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not even going to charge them. Not a big deal. I'd be happy to help. But my email address is richard at 4 and it's the numeral 4, the number 4, trademark.com, right? So it matches my 800 number. Be happy to help. You can file domestic, international at the state level. So uh, there, there's a trademark to fit everybody's budget and everybody's need. So if there's anything I can do to help you or anybody else, you please let me know. Thank you. And is there anything else you want to share before we end our podcast today? No, I just really appreciate being invited on this podcast. I've never done a podcast interview before. I was excited about it all day. And it seems like it only took six minutes. I don't know how long this actually took, but it just flew by. So We've been on the phone about 30 so really? perfect timing. Well, yeah. Great interviewer. <laughs> great interviewer. I really appreciate it. I so appreciate everything you've done for my business and the time that you take to chat with me on the phone when I have questions and the time that you devoted to helping my listeners out today. So very grateful for the time we spent together. And I know you're going on vacation soon. Have a beautiful vacation. And I look forward to doing business with you again soon, Richard. I do too. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning into the Beauty Biz Show. I hope this episode leaves you feeling inspired to build the beauty biz of your dreams. If you'd like to know more about how you can become a member of the Beauty Biz Club, the only professional success-based society designed to fuel your success by providing you with the ongoing resources that are needed to excel in the beauty industry, please visit beautybizclub.com. Again, that's beautybizclub.com. Also, if you'd like a copy of my free report, 
top 10 secrets of successful beauty biz practitioners, please visit lorikrete.com.